As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to another episode of The Beat. I'm, of course, Nick Baumgartner. We're going to talk some college football recruiting today, specifically Michigan State recruiting with the one and only Colton Pouncey. Colton, it's been a minute. How are we doing? Doing great, Nick. How are you? Doing very well. How's the summer going so far? Everything good? Hot? It's, hot enough for you? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I'm looking outside my window right now. It's a beautiful day. I haven't been outside yet. I should probably <laughs> step, take a step outside and experience some of that. I but. thought the same thing before we hit record. <laughs> and I was like, you know, when this is over, maybe it's time to go outside. But yeah. we will. <laughs> we do have some recruiting as, you know, Colt, it's June. We've talked so much over the last year, um, really since COVID started and really since Mel Tucker became the head coach at Michigan State about how important this was all going to be. And it was like, we, we waited months and months and weeks and no one really knew when everything's going to change. And then like June 1st came and it was like, Oh, everybody was out and about. So (laughs) it like exploded and it was free and everybody got to get, got to get out there. And it's been, you know, two weeks now, Michigan state, like everybody else has loaded up the visits, tried to make up for lost time before we get into some of the breakdown on uh, some stuff you wrote earlier this week. um, What was your original sort of vibe during that first week, I want to ask, from the staff in terms of like maybe approach, plan, just sort of what what were you seeing? Because it seemed like a lot of stuff was like flying a thousand miles an hour there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, specifically when it opened up that first week, that's that's everything they've been waiting for for the last, you know, 15, 16 months. You know, it's been so long. They had about maybe two or three weeks to actually invite prospects on campus back in March 2020. That's yeah. kind of when they had their staff settled. You know, guys are starting to figure out their place. And it's like, all right, let's get some kids in here. And then obviously everything shut down. So, I mean, ever since then, you know, everyone's been doing the virtual thing. So it's not, you know, everyone kind of had to deal with that. But at the same time, you got a, a new staff here, only one season, two and five, didn't have much to show for. So there wasn't really much you can use. And yeah. I think, you know, one of the, the big uh, benefits of the staff, based on what I've heard, is that, you know, they're really good in person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they were just chopping at the bit to get out on the road and invite kids to campus and, you know, host camps and kind of evaluate them in person and kind of show their coaching ability a little bit. So that was one of the big draws for the staff. And they couldn't mm-hmm. do that for the past, you know, 15 months. So I think that first week when everything opened up, 
they they went at it. It was full throttle. They want to get as many kids in, at, at Michigan State as possible. Right. A lot of camps, a lot of unofficial visits. So they're just doing their job and getting guys into the building, showing them around and saying, hey, help us, you know, get back to where we were before. Um, we want you guys here. And that's kind of been the vibe. And it's really continued, you know, throughout yeah. the even something as simple as like the first week that Thursday or whatever it was, um, you know, they had the big high school camp at Ferris state, which I don't yeah. know if it was sound mind somebody or was it sound mind somebody? I can't remember if it was that or not. I think so. Something similar to that, which we see every year. Right. And we've gotten so used to it over the years, you know, like Michigan and Michigan state's coaches always use those as opportunities in the summer to get in front of, you know, 300 kids in the state and just, mm-hmm. you know, share a message and, and just to let those kids see their face. I mean, you can go to those camps and there maybe are 500 kids there. There might be three or four that are like ready to go, but it's still one of those things that, you know, coaches always do. And I thought that kind of hit me. I saw, you know, Mel was there talking and I was like, this is the first time he's been able to even do that. It's so on, weird. Yeah. You know, on just like the basic level, just to share his message, which is something that most coaches get immediately, like yeah. immediately upon being hired there, there's something that you're, you can, you're, you can go out there into a group like that and talk. And those are little things that we'd never think about that, you know, in a situation like this, I think they're super important. What was his message there? If you uh, could share some of what he said or, or how did that go? The first uh, meeting there with everybody. Uh, well, I actually wasn't at the, at the camp. Uh, oh, that's right. That, yeah. But it did seem like based on what I've read and kind of seen some comments. Yeah. From him, I mean, he was just excited to get back out there. Right. Realizes it's been so long, you know, recruiting is, he, he calls it all the time, like the lifeblood of his program. Yep. So I think just being out there, um, being able to see these kids in, in person, I think that was just really important for him. Good first step. And, Good first you know, the, the real thing is getting these guys on campus and to Michigan State and then kind of trying to draw them in. Yeah. And then so that first weekend, obviously, this is uh, this next we're in the middle of June now and they've had kids on campus. Sort of walk us through, Colton, um, who's gotten here already that was notable, maybe any surprises or, you know, head turns for you. And then we'll go through some of the guys who are going to be here this weekend because it's a bunch of guys all over the place that are all, you know, pretty good looking prospects. So just if you could sort of put it in the strike zone for us here on, on where this is at. Yeah. You know, I guess we can kind of split up in the, the three weekends so far, um, you know, with this, this upcoming weekend being the mm-hmm. another big one, but to start off, you know, that first weekend they had a couple of big targets, uh, guys that they really like uh, four star yeah. quarterback, Nico Marchio, um, Arizona prospect, but spent some time in Colorado. So there's some familiarity between the staff back when they were at, at Colorado there in Boulder. Um, you know, he's kind of a, he's a lefty quarterback, a dual threat mm-hmm. guy. Like I think he's, you know, pretty known, pretty well known for his speed. He's pretty elusive for, you know, six, two, six, three quarterback. Right. Um, Those a nice, uh, nice touch on his deep ball. Uh, he's a guy that they want. I think he's their plan a quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can probably throw a couple more guys in that situation, but I think he's number one right now. And from all, by all accounts, it seems like he had a good time. Uh, I know his yep. parents, uh, you know, they got to know Mel talk a little bit. They're at his house. You know, Mel actually uh, that first weekend when he had all these prospects on campus, he invited him back to his house. He's got a basketball court in mm-hmm. his house. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, he had like a little dinner with tables and cloths and everything. And in the background on all the TVs, they had the uh, Michigan uh, game from last. There it is. The Perfect. So you got to recruit to it. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to but, that's, off there. but that's like the stuff, right? Where it's like, even the little, like, those are things that, you know, they should have been able to do last summer or whatever they have it. They're doing them now. But anyway, other guys that were there, I see Antonio Gates, Antonio Gates, son, Antonio Gates, Jr. Yeah. On campus, uh, Alex Van Sumer, and we've talked about him. Yeah. Um, and there was one more here. Oh, you mentioned Marichal. And of course the commit Braden Miller, but the first weekend there, mm-hmm. if you had to sort of, were, were all these guys, a lot of them seemed like they were guys they've been recruiting for a while. Um, were there any, but or any last minute ads there or guys that they pivoted on in terms of, you know, guys that you weren't expecting to come that showed up? 
Yeah, you know, actually they had uh, a four-star wide receiver who's currently committed to Texas, Armani Winfield. Oh, uh, right, okay. He was on campus. And he, That's right. It was kind of weird because I think that was supposed to be kind of a secret, but mm-hmm. some guys, uh, you know, Nico put it on his Instagram story and kind of got out there. But just getting him on campus, I mean, anytime you can try to flip, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you get a Texas commit, four-star yeah. top 150 kid on your campus. I mean, for an official visit, that's huge. Um, just kind of shows, you know, the kind of recruiting prowess that these guys have been talking about for a while. I mean, to, to pull that off on, you know, the first week, I think that was, that was pretty big, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just like behind the scenes work and just, you know, putting in the groundwork with the 2023 class as well. I mean, they had some, yeah. some notable guys, uh, Cole Dellinger was on campus that first weekend. Um, Dylan Senda, Jonathan Slack, Jalen Thompson, some of these like top 10 prospects in Michigan, the local kids. Right. And then uh, really these next few weeks, um, kind of kind of more the same, just getting some guys on campus, you know, three-star Texas defensive end, Curly Thomas. He's long, 6'4", kind of fits that mold of a defensive end that they want. Um, another sleeper def- offensive tackle, Alessandro Lorenzetti, who actually just got a Michigan offer as well. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been blowing up. He's a Canadian prospect who, like, didn't have a season last year, but he put out a few practice yeah. clips, and that was enough for a lot of schools to be like, all right, yeah, let's go for it. He's 6'6". Six, six, Got the size that Chris Kapilovic looks for. Um, picked up offers from Penn State, Georgia, and Michigan within the past couple of weeks. So Michigan State already had him on campus for an official visit. I think he likes the school a lot. We'll see where that goes. I think he's visiting Michigan this weekend. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going for some kids that they've been talking to for a while. Um, yeah. And even some kids that they're still kind of new and trying to get into the door with. I mean, just the fact that they're getting these guys on campus and they're intriguing them enough that they're interested in a team that just went two and five and it's very still very much still like you know a building process the fact that they're getting these guys on campus I think is big and that's always the first step I think that says something too you know because it's like you look at the word in obviously it's so early and they're still getting guys back here so local priority might end up taking a back seat and to a degree because you know you've got guys from Maryland Tennessee Georgia Minnesota you know Arizona Colorado all over the place Texas um Connecticut that sort of you've been paying attention to these guys if you're Mel Tucker for a long long time like if we could just get them here if we could just get them here like that's what I sort of anticipated like this first June really in general was just going to be for all these programs like get as many kids that aren't in your backyard that you've been interested in here as possible this month and see if you can get some momentum like I mean not to jump too far ahead I just I saw they've got four kids from IMG coming here um on the last weekend of the month like that's not nothing like no. <laughs> four, those are all top 400 players. And if you can get groups of kids that are like familiar, familiar with each other at all, you know, yeah. to come and you can get one kid to kind of knock on the door, it changes. So like, uh, I'm looking at all this and I'm trying to look for like patterns or plans. But right now when I, when I see it, it's like, just get as many kids here as you possibly can. That seems to be the strategy at the moment. Yeah. I mean, they've talked about wanting to recruit nationally and recruit all over the place and that's exactly what they've done, but there are some connections, you know, um, mm-hmm. With, with Nico Marchio, the quarterback that they're chasing, I was told uh, him, he and uh, Braden Miller, the offensive tackle who just committed yesterday, um, they played kind of peewee football growing up, youth football growing up. So they're already close friends in Colorado. Uh, Nico obviously moved to Arizona, but they had that official visit together that first yeah. weekend. That was not a coincidence. They wanted those mm-hmm. two at, at the same time. Same thing with these IMG kids. They're coming all at the end of the month. Um, you know, they had a defensive end, Chase Carter, on that first weekend. He's a, he's a Minnesota kid, and they're also recruiting a, a, another former Minnesota uh, safety, but he moved to IMG Academy, Trayvon Howard. So mm-hmm. he'll be here at the end of the month. Those guys are childhood best friends, also friends with uh, MSU wide receiver Terry Lockett. So 
connections there. They're trying to take advantage of all that. You know, um, I don't think it's a coincidence the, the way that they're setting up these visits. A lot of it has been strategic. Like even this weekend, they have a quarterback, um, Peyton right. Hauser, who will be on campus. I think it's coming in Friday. Um, you know, he was supposed to come, I think, next weekend, but they actually mm-hmm. pushed up his visit. Uh, he was supposed to go visit, uh, I think, North Carolina and Duke, but he canceled some of those. He's a Boise State commit. So right. I think right now it seems to be down to like Michigan State and Boise, you know, whether he's going to flip or, you know, stay with Boise. Um, but they moved him up. They're like, let's get him on campus as fast as possible. Maybe put some pressure on Nico to decide because Nico's still well, right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they're, they're playing st- strategically and I think it's smart of them. So a lot of these bids have kind of been set up that way. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you next year, which is important with the quarterback question because it's always kind of where your class starts and stops. Um, it's not foreign for staffs to recruit multiple or even take two. Uh, it's happened before. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you've got Marichal's already been here and you've got another 22 coming in or Hauser's coming in here this weekend. So is that how you see it? 1A is Marichal, 1B would be Hauser or is there whoever gets this first gets it. I don't, I mean, how do you, how do you sort of vibe that they've, they're reading these two kids? It's definitely first come first serve. Um, yeah. Both, both of them are takes. They'll take whoever yeah, gets yeah. there okay. first. Um, it's it. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because they do want to flip Hauser. And I think that's kind of, there's, you got to kind of play that carefully because he's mm-hmm. a guy who's been very open about, you know, how much he loves Boise state. Like that's a school that he wouldn't, he can see himself going to. Um, but obviously, you know, it's, you kind of get into a little bit of a situation when you're, trying to, you know, juggle multiple quarterbacks. There's another quarterback that like Luther Richardson, who uh, was just invited to Elite 11 finals. So he's another good one. I think they would probably try to schedule that later on. But, you know, I think there are a couple guys that they like at the top, and it's a matter of who commits first. But, you know, there is some strategy involved, right? Like you want mm-hmm. – if, you, if your guy is Hauser or if your guy is, you know, Markio, you got to wait for those guys. Markio's still taking his visits. Um, right. Hauser, you moved him up. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but – um, they like a few guys and they're definitely only going to take one, but um, it's just a matter of who comes first and like, they'll figure out the rest from there. Yeah. And it shouldn't be a shock. I don't think, but you know, if you look at <clears throat> Marichal, I mean, the way his game sort of translates, I think when I watch his stuff with the way he gets the ball out quick, he can move a little bit. Right. I think he's, just, and you, you mentioned he's left-handed, but like I almost see a more athletic version of um, stylistically that we see from Peyton Thorne. Yeah. A guy who's really quick with his head. Um, the ball comes out fast. It's not something where like he's holy shit, look at his arm, right? It's not it's not something yeah. like that, but it's really efficient and he's a good athlete. And it's like to me, this is he's kind of the perfect, like, this is the kind of guy you need to get. Like that's mm-hmm. uh, you know, a Hauser could be better, who knows? But like I think he's kind of similar 
And this is this is this would be a big one if they can land him, I think. And the thing with him is he's also like very notable on the recruiting trail. Like he's friends with a lot of kids right. in random states. So mm-hmm. a lot of guys that have MSU offers. So he's one of those guys that can be your face of the class that can go out and just shoot a text message to another guy saying, come play with me. Those guys will listen to him. You know, he's got sort of a nit factor on the recruiting trail guys, you know, even he's going around to West Virginia and Arizona state. And if you see him on his Instagram comments, he's always like, yo, come here. Let's go, let's go here together. Are we teaming up? Like what's happening here? So he's one of those guys. And I think that he can kind of be the face of the class, Um, especially, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's an important month. Guys are kind of, you know, feeling things out and, and kind of taking the chances to actually visit these schools for the first time. So you have another guy out there recruiting for you. That's always helpful. Um, but I do, I do think they like Hauser a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they wouldn't, if he wants to commit, they're not going to wait for it. For that's a, to kind really of interesting. Yeah. So that's going to be really interesting to watch. Cause sometimes that can, sometimes that can work perfect. And sometimes it can really screw you. Like here's an example, great example from basketball. Okay. Um, Brandon would love this story because he, it screwed him um, in <laughs> 2000. I want to say like 13 or 14, right. Uh, Michigan and Michigan state are both recruiting Joshua Langford. And Michigan got a commitment from <clears throat> Tyus Battle, the kid who went to play at Syracuse, and he was a five-star, top five, you know, whatever, top ten, whatever. Mm-hmm. They take Tyus Battle's commitment, and they tell Joshua Langford, Tyus took your spot. Three days later, Langford commits to Michigan State. A week later, Battle backs out of Michigan, and they're left <laughs> with nobody. So, like, that – Brendan wrote, like, a big profile on, uh, <laughs> on, on uh, Tyus Battle, so he was all pissed Perfect. off. But like, those are the things I think about when I think about these, you know, when you dare a kid sometimes and uh, it can work out and sometimes it can't, but I mean, like either way, it looks like a pretty good duo to pick from. Ryan Bear is a guy I want to talk to you about. Six seven three twenty offensive tackle, East Lake, Ohio. He's supposed to be here this weekend. This is a name we've heard Colton um, for a minute and it's a legitimate, big, well-moving, <laughs> aggressive offensive tackle that Chris Kapilovich is going to sell his house for if he has to. I mean, like, <laughs> That's a big one. That to me is, I've seen some tackles come through here, including, um, you know, one commit, but like when you're talking about building the foundation of your future classes going forward here, we've talked about this a ton. The offensive line has to be a huge part of that. And to the same degree that you're talking about how a quarterback can lead a class. Sometimes I wonder if it doesn't help or if it doesn't hurt so much, if you can get a kid like this to come in here and maybe start starting a new, you know, trend or whatever else, what do you know about bear and and what do you expect there uh, as that recruitment plays out? He's a beast. I don't He's know a if good you, guy. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the name Bear fits him well. It's uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you got a chance to watch his film, but I mean, he's exactly what Capilla did. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, six, like I mentioned, six, seven. I think so, in some sites have him listed at six, eight, which is just crazy. Jeez. I saw some, saw some pictures next to his parents on like these official visits he's taken. He's about <laughs> like two feet taller than his parents. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, he's a, he's an absolute mauler, um, very athletic moves well um, for his size, especially. And th- those are the kind of guys they want. They want guys that play with an edge, play aggressively. Um, you know, he told me that Kapilovic likes his aggressive style. That's what, yeah. you know, sort of drew him to him. Um, and yeah, he'll be here, I think Monday, because I think he's taking another visit this weekend, but he'll, it's still an official visit for Michigan state. So they'll get him up here. He's been a top target. He's done whole virtual visits, multiple with Michigan state. He's comfortable with them. Um, I would say they're probably near the top, but he told me he, they're in his top group for sure. Yeah. I don't know which other schools are in there. It seems like he's visited Virginia and Illinois and I think Kentucky, some other schools. So that, that seems to be the top group, but, um, right. you know, Michigan state's in this and that's really a testament to Kapilovic because guys are drawn to him. I don't know what it is about him. Like he's got, it seems like he's got a good personality and he does. Yes. I, I can vouch for that. I've, he's a very unique 
fam familial familial i guess is maybe the yeah. right word like <laughs> sure the, the best offensive line coaches are the guys who invite everybody over to the house and they all eat chicken wings and they mess up the floor you know whatever that, yeah. like that's him right like that that's always been the impression that i've gotten i could see that i could see something maybe turning where guys like to play for a guy like that it's happened at previous stops and that'll be the big test of the whole staff is like how many surprises can you pull off in the next you know couple months and can that build with momentum. And we do have some questions here before we get to them. I want to ask you kind of a grander recruiting question here is we're sitting on June 17th and this is all for 2022. It feels like it literally just started, even though, you know, we're six months away from signing period. Yeah. And when you look at sort of the, the way this has gone so far, it's always sort of like this in recruiting, but not this far deep into a year. It's weird. They're right there. I mean, like they've got seven kids committed. There's a couple guys on that list that if you could pop them over, like this could be, I think this is a decent start to a 2022 class, all things considered. And I really am curious to see what these next two and a half months sort of bring. What it, What's your read on where the class is today? What concerns you might have? And then maybe where you, if you had to guess early here, I know it's six months away, but like, where do you think this will maybe matriculate here? Yeah, I think it's definitely a good start, all things considered. Um, you know, they're just starting to open things back up, but they already got two commitments already. So yeah. Braden Miller is a guy they like a lot. He kind of, again, fits that mold, 6'7", 290. You know, it's perfect tackle size right now. Get him in here. Mm-hmm. Add, add a few more pounds on him. Get him into shape. Um, Ashton Lepo is another tackle. They've got four offensive linemen already, right. two guards and two tackles. Let's and go. I think yeah. they want to take, I think they want to take a total of five, and I would guess they want one more tackle. So if that's Bear – Mm-hmm. If it's Lauren Zetti, one of those guys, I think they'll they'll accept that right away and get to five. So Kapilovic has done his job. He's almost, you know, he's pretty yeah. much done recruiting for the year. Um, he'll probably focus on next next year's cycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like they're in on a guy, a lot of guys. They need to get a quarterback. So whether that's Hauser or mm-hmm. Nico or you know Jane Denagel or Justin Martin, one of these other guys, uh, Luther Richardson, like one of those guys, I think yeah. they have a good chance of landing. Um, they're still going after some wide receivers. Uh, Kevin Thomas, who's a Philly wide receiver, 6'3", 187. If I had to guess, he probably runs a 4'4". I mean, he's – I don't know why he's like a f- number 475 overall in his class. I'm not sure why he's not a consensus four-star. Yeah. Uh, I think he's that good. He'll be on campus uh, next weekend with a lot of those IMG kids. Um, I think they want to get a couple more safeties, maybe a corner or two. Um, so, I mean, based on where they're at right now, it's a good foundation. I think they're, their class currently ranks 27th. On yeah, it's right there. So, and honestly, like if you look at it, I know those can be skewed sometimes with like sure. average early. rating yeah. or how many right. commitments you have. I mean, I think most teams have six or seven. So MSU is not like really over. They thought they have like 12 kids that are all like rated like an 84 or something like that. It's just juicing their numbers. So I think they're in a good spot. And again, some of these other top targets that they're going after, like an Alex Van Summer, and like you can get him. I think he might want to play with his brother. So that's yeah. always good to have that connection. Um, I think the, other two schools to watch would probably be Clemson and maybe Penn state and that, that recruitment. But mm-hmm. I mean, he had a great time on his visit on uh, that first weekend really got to know the coaching staff. So he's the guy that's they're sitting well with. And yeah, so you, it's all about adding depth to the class and going after some of those higher rated prospects that you've been in, that you've been talking to for years. And, you know, all this time, yeah. the last like 15 months that you've only been able to recruit virtually, but now you have your chance to land them. I think that's what will be, I guess, exciting to see the next few yeah, years. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, we've, we've talked a thousand times. There's so much about for new coaches, um, and I'm going to still include him in this, Mel Tucker, because it was last year, but you know, so mm-hmm. much about those first recruiting classes are vibe, what you can promise, the mood around the building, and if you can get momentum. And like, if 
they're going to have a good vibe. There's nothing at Michigan State right now that says anything that's not, you know, that they're they're all working together. They're back on the road. I would assume everybody's happy and excited and everything else. And, you know, he brought all those transfers in. You can tell sort of the mood of the program. So I look at this and I say, like, if they could get a couple kids to surprise and start some momentum. I mean, you look at the class already. It's only got seven kids, but you got three kids from Georgia, right? Yeah. You've got a kid yeah. from Colorado. I mean, you've got kids, one from already in from Arizona. So it's crazier things have happened. And, and in a year like this with recruiting, like, I feel like this is a very wild cardish type year. I don't know why, but it just seems that way to me because last year was such like a restart for so many people. And I don't know. It's like, it does, it seems harder to predict, but I mean, all, all the times I always say that it ends up the same way with like Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, having the top three classes and everybody else is fighting for scraps. So I guess we'll see how it goes. I, I think with this class specifically, it's sort of like the NFL draft last year. Where it's like, okay, the, yeah. the teams with the best scouts and you know, have the best research right. and everything. Mm-hmm. Those Great are the point. ones that will come away successful. It's kind of the same. Obviously you're going to have your, your top schools always be in the top 10, top five, but the middle of the pack where MSU is, that's kind of where you can take advantage of some guys and, you know, they're going after the type of athletes they want. Like one of their most recent commitments, uh, Quavian Carter, who's yeah, a, from Georgia. Yeah. He's a safety in Georgia. He's six, but he's six, four, 200 pounds already. And right. MSU is going to ask him to move to linebacker. So you already have an athletic guy from Georgia. That's an underrated guy, but he's still a top 600 player. You know, you get him on campus and let his athleticism go to work at the linebacker position versus safety, where it might be a little tougher for him. You know, that's, mm-hmm. those are the type of athletes that they that they like getting these big linemen. These are yeah. what they like, you know, Gavin Brocius, who's an Arizona guard that they got. He's a, we're talking about ballers. He's a nasty guy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you know, he already jumped like 500 spots in the last ranking. He's a, he's at 679 now probably will keep rising. So they're going after guys that they want. And I, again, I think the smartest teams will be successful with a class like this where everyone yeah. kind of had a delayed start. I agree. Okay. Let's get into some of these questions here. We've got some recruiting questions. It's just general Michigan state questions. Yep. Um, I'll start with 10, 12 RBC says what players or positions this is a good one. What players or positions once committed will start a domino effect of other commitments. We kind of just talked about this. So is it, he says, is it Dylan Tatum? Is it a quarterback? Uh, it has to be somebody that's coming in with all these visits, right? Is his question. So that's a good question. Like, is there a vibe out? There? Would it be something that if they can get one of these quarterbacks in here, that they would point to that person and say, be the guy who leads here or is that all is that not necessarily the case yeah you know quarterbacks is probably the natural place just like we mentioned earlier i think nico is like a big he's going to be a face of the class if he commits if they can mm-hmm. get him i think they kind of view him that way as well but i mean it's funny that you mentioned uh, dylan tatum like yeah i would still consider him a michigan lean i mean i know <laughs> I, I do think he likes michigan state a lot and he likes harlan barnett and some of the coaches over here and you know i don't know if he likes clink scale that much <laughs> I don't think he recruited right. that him that much when he was at Kentucky so I don't know there might be some friction there but I would say you know his head coach from high school is at Michigan now you know right I, I I assume that he's still going to Michigan but if for some reason he did commit to Michigan State I mean that's a guy a that's know, top 10 yeah. kid in in state that's you know chose Michigan State over Michigan it's not like it hasn't happened before mm-hmm. but there is that narrative where okay all these West Bloomfield kids are going to go to go to Michigan so you get one of those guys to your campus and you know, you develop him well and he turns to a, a good player. I mean, that's always nice to have, but especially for a class like this, you know, maybe that pushes a guy like Alex, Alex Van Summerman who might be taking his time. Maybe he's like, okay, they got him. Yeah, I don't mind coming there and my brother's yeah. there too. So maybe it starts a chain reaction like that. But yeah, I'd say maybe either Tatum or or Nico, if he were to commit, would probably be two of those guys. I would add this for a guy like Tatum in a case like this, because you see this a lot. 
Um, Michigan did a really good job this offseason of uh, adding punch. And we've talked about this. Austin and I have a bunch to local recruiting with, through, you know, Ron Bellamy. We've talked about him, Mike Hart. Yeah. Uh, even Steve Klinskill and all these guys. But like Michigan overhauled everything last year. And yeah. their head coach got a new contract for a lot less money that could not, might not last all four years. There is a lot Michigan did well, I think, this offseason. But in terms of recruiting and this head-up conversation, like these are guys, Dylan Tatum, and I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't already know, but like these are guys that Tucker staff has to recruit all the way to the wire because yeah. you just don't know. And it's like – and that's something that it doesn't always work out this way, but it feels like if you're Tucker, Michigan is not on – I'm talking just football here. Forget all the other stuff that we've been writing about, you know, the Schimbeckler and everything else. I'm right. talking just football, the record. Like they were terrible last year and they fired everybody basically on staff, except for the head coach and reorganized everything. And now that could work the other way too, where you say, Hey, maybe that's a positive vibe and guys are feeling better. And maybe that'll be something that, you know, and that had been the case early and maybe that'll be something that for Michigan that they can benefit from, but I don't think it should be a given. And I, I don't know, you know, if, if Michigan state wants to go hard at a kid from West Bloomfield and thinks they have any kind of a chance, I don't think that you give up on that one. I think this is the type of year that even if you think you have like a 5% chance, you go and you see if you can make it work because Michigan's not just sticking its hand out and getting kids. You know what I mean? Like they've right. got, they've got a lot of work to do too. Uh, maybe, you know, they're probably not quite as behind the eight ball as Mel Tucker is obviously, but like, it's not, a, it's not like they're, looking over that hill at Alabama here or something. I mean, Michigan's wounded too. And I think that that's an important thing to note with some of these local guys. Yeah, absolutely. If there's a year, I mean, you should obviously always recruit. To yeah. Target oh yeah. Of course. Prospect over there. But if there is a year to kind of sway some of those kids that would probably normally be Michigan leans, it would be right. this year coming off of the season that they had um, some of the staff changes that are taking place. You know, they've had a, those changes, you know, I think especially for a kid like Dylan Tatum, you know, he likes the stability. He likes being comfortable and, you know, maybe his head, maybe uh, Ron Bellamy is enough for him to feel comfortable at Michigan, but he does have a good relationship with a lot of the coaches on Michigan State staff. And that started back, mm -hmm. you know, when uh, William Piegler was recruiting him as a running right. back originally. So he, he likes him a lot. Then he moved over to DB and now he's got Holland Barnett and Javaris Tillman recruiting him and he likes those guys too. So yeah, it's interesting. I think this is probably a year that you can probably sway a kid like Tatum if, if you keep chasing him, you know, don't give up. Just, even if he does commit to Michigan the next couple of weeks, you know, stay on him. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. 
Next one here from Kneecap Nick, who has to be a Lions fan, right? Dan Campbell. I assume <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's a great name. Yeah. Uh, he says, how do you guys think the transfers are going to impact the time in which the team rebuilds? Um, likewise, do you think that more transfers will mean more schools will drop off quicker than normal? Will mean schools will drop off quicker than normal? I don't know what that quite means. But I think what he's saying here is, do you, do you get the sense, and I think it's, an un, it's a tough question to answer, but, you know, are the transfers going to speed up the timeline or are they going to, I don't know, what's the impact? And it's like, but yeah. I, I think it's a really hard question because it could also go the other way. Um, but I would ask you this, Colton, because I think this is really what he's getting at, maybe. The vibe that you've gotten from, because you bring in so many new kids, um, mm-hmm. and what is it, how many now? Was it 11? I think 15. 15? Yeah, on scholarship at least, yeah. 15 scholarship players who were brought here to fight for and take a job from a high school recruited player that's already here, and which is a lot of kids. And we all know that, you know, the margin for error there in terms of your culture and protecting it is really tough if you bring kids in that aren't from, you know, that you didn't kind of start here. And I would ask you, like, what's the vibe been in terms of how guys, I know they're not all here yet, but I mean, like, is that still something that we have to sort of wait and see and how all guys are going to mesh together? Yeah, I, actually, I think most of them are here at this point. So they have been kind of working out together um, mm-hmm. and getting the feel for each other. But it's easier when you're clear about what you want to do. Some yeah. coaching staffs are like, oh, you know, you, you're you're our guy. You know, we want to build around you. And then they'll go out and add an, another play at the same position through the portal. So, like, right. I think that's where the friction comes. But in terms of this staff, they've always been clear that, hey, our goal is to, you know, make each position as competitive as we can. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways yeah, you can right. do that is by adding depth and adding players to compete for a starting jobs. So guys don't get complacent. Um, so guys just don't expect a job to be handed to them. And that's exactly what they want to do. And that's exactly what they did. So, you know, you're looking at some of these guys they've added, you know, Jared Horace is probably going to compete for a starting tackle right, spot. Yep. I already know about a guy like Anthony Russo. Kenneth Walker is probably going to be the star running back this year. Mm-hmm. Um, really all these guys, I'm looking at some of the cornerbacks they added Chester Kimbrough from Florida, um yeah that's the one the corners and the linebackers for me are the ones that i look at a lot yeah absolutely they got him ronald williams uh four-star juco guy that was at alabama last year kind of got hurt passed up by some other guys um and he comes over he's probably going to compete for a starting corner spot quiveris crouch tennessee transfer you know all these guys they're bringing in again like yeah it might, some guys might be rubbed the wrong way but if anything it should push you harder to, right, to compete yeah. and, and be a better player because you still have a chance to win the job just because some of these guys are coming in. doesn't mean that you're automatically pushed to the side. Right. If you're a guy like Noah Harvey, who's been around, who's played a lot, you know, I don't know. It, you, you got guys like Ben Van Summeren and Quiver's couch coming in. You can take it one, two ways. You can say, well, do they not think I'm good enough? Or you can use that and say, well, I've been a starter here. I've been a guy. This is supposed to be the year that I kind of take over this linebacker position. So this is right. going to make me work harder. I think that's what they're trying to get out of these guys and get the most out of each player that way. I would think it'd be easier to sell that too, because it's not like you're coming off of a Rose bowl year. I mean, right, like, right, exactly. you know, or, you know, and I think that that's, you know, we've seen instances in the past where a team feels like it's having a really good season. And then they start looking cross-eyed at everybody when the next year they bring in six transfers and you're like, what's going on here. Right. But that's not what this is. Right. So what I think when I look at this and I mentioned, you know, you mentioned crouch and what the corners, I think you've got at least two new corners that can come in and play a ton I thought Michigan State's defense was better than probably most gave it credit for I agree. Based on how the offense sabotaged it so many times. Yeah, I like the front a lot. I think the linebackers, at least you're faster. We'll see. But what I think this is going to give them a chance to do, and the ultimate telltale will be is how guys get along. But like I think it'll give them a chance to have the type of defense people are sort of familiar with at Michigan yeah. State. 
and maybe play a little bit like that. Just be harder to beat, you know? Like, I, I don't think it's going to necessarily ramp up the the timeline, but I think it will to a degree of, like, what you're trying to do here is make sure that you don't have any more of those, like, Rutgers days where you're just yeah. like, we have no business being on the field. We're not a Big Ten team. Like, yeah. that, you know, like, that's – those are the days that you, I, I promise you that they look at and say, like, never again. We're not doing that. I don't care if guys are pissed off or not. We're going to compete a little harder than that, and – and I think that defensively, the buttons they push and the guys are bringing back, I think it does give them a chance to be probably stouter than most people right now, at least, are, are looking at uh, with Michigan State's defense. I don't know what that'll do overall, but I think it, it gives them a chance to stay in games maybe a little longer. Yeah, and I guess for anyone who says, you know, I get I get the chemistry aspect. I think I don't think that's going to be as big a deal yeah. as maybe on the surface people think. But for anyone who's like, oh, well, they got all these transfers, so, you know, how are they all going to fit in? It's like, well, what's the alternative? Run it back with the same squad from last year that clearly right. had some issues on the field. They're right. a talent deficit with a lot of the teams that they matched up against. You know, like at the very least, you're getting at least you're getting in some players that have played at other schools that can come in and at least compete for a job, if not win it. And maybe you get a you get an upgrade at some positions. If you can get an upgrade at maybe even three positions, that's going to make your team better than the alternative, which is just you know remaining what you were last year and kind of stagnant there. You know. Here's a good one from Shaq, not the Shaq, but Dr. Shaq, uh, who actually had one that I, I was kind of curious with when you were talking about tackles earlier or the offensive line in general um, in terms of numbers and how many they'd want to take in this class. And he asks, you know, is Michigan State done taking tackles after the Miller commitment? I would say we'd probably say no on that. Yeah. But could you see them taking a few extra offensive line people in general this cycle, maybe more than what we would have originally thought based on sort of the need to get that thing, you know, ramped back up? Um, I think five is already a lot for class, so I can't see him yeah. going any more than that. And I mean, yeah, six is the highest I think I've ever seen. I think so, one time I saw somebody did seven and it, it didn't work out as well as you thought. Yeah, <laughs> I, in theory, if it's a, a program like Michigan state, it's probably a good idea to add as many linemen as possible, but at the same time, you don't, you got to save some spots for other positions right. to help as well. And if you look at what they've done the past two classes, I mean, Ethan Boyd, Brandon Baldwin, Gino yep. Vandermark, Kevin Wiganen, uh, and then Jarrett Horse, if you include him, that's five that they brought in the last year. And then they already have four right now committed in Gavin Brocius, Christian Phillips, Ashton mm-hmm. Lepo, and Braden Miller. So, I mean, you're talking about that's, – that's a lot of turnover at the offensive line position, getting a lot of guys with size that you like. So adding one more to that group. And, again, I think it might come down to, like, Ryan Bear or Alessandro Lorenzetti for that last spot. Maybe a guy, like – if. If there's a chance, it's, it's probably small, but Keonta Goodwin yeah. is coming next right. weekend. Yeah. He's a four, sorry, like <laughs> borderline top 50 guy that's coming to Kentucky. I don't think he'll flip, but another guy, Andrew Chambly, who is committed to Arkansas, he'll also be on campus next week. So maybe those are like, again, Kapilovic has done his job where like he can mm-hmm. kind of sit back and wait for yeah, right, right. A, a plan A type to just, you know, make a decision or, you know, take his time flipping if that's the case, but it has to be plan A at this point though. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to reach just to reach. I think they're good with where they are right now, but yeah, I'd probably say that's kind of where the offensive line class looks right now. Got another offensive line question for the actual team this year from verbose Dutch says after our Curry and Horst, who would we think would be the third and fourth offensive tackle? Would it be immediately Jarvis or, you know, would Spencer Brown or Brandon Baldwin be ready to maybe get some reps? And I think that like, this is another hard question because we saw them in the spring game. Right. And it was like, mm-hmm. you had that, like, Hey, if this works out and all five guys kind of do what we think they're going to do in terms of the five that we kind of, kind of all agree on that would be the starters. Like maybe that's going to be a good thing, but like if one guy rolls his ankle, like, is this going to be a complete disaster? So like, 
Backup offensive lineman. In this case, I think that's an important question. Spencer Brown, is he ready to play, do you think? I think so. They've been trying to work him into the mix for a little bit. He got some time last year. Um, they like him a lot. I mean, he's a he's a guy who, you want to call him like maybe a three-and-a-half star. I think he was four-star on rival. Yeah, like he's a nice athlete. On, yeah, I mean, he's six six. He can move well. He's really gotten in shape. He's dropped about 20 pounds since he's been on campus. So, you know, this is a year, I think, year three for him. So this mm-hmm. is kind of where you expect offensive line to start making a move. And he has the added luxury of still sitting behind a guy like, you know, uh, Jared Horst and uh, AJ Curry for another year at least. So you can kind of bring him on slowly. I think he's probably right tackle of the future. Um, yeah. I, it's funny, though, because Jarvis, I know they like him a lot and they're comfortable playing him at tackle. Obviously, I think you and I both think that he's probably best suited as guard. But yeah, if they needed to, I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, just kicked. Jarvis back outside. Um, yeah, yeah, same. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough call. Yeah. I Either mean, way, it's going to be such an interesting year up front for Michigan State, just in general, in terms of progression. Because this is the time where, like last year, you know, they took the lumps. Uh, I'm sure guys have been working hard to try to avoid some of that. There's going to be more lumps this year, but like at some point along the way, some confidence is going to have to start creeping in there, or that thing can turn the other way really fast. And I look back to the start of all this, and the reason why like Kapilovich was my favorite hire that Tucker made. And not just because I'm a offensive line Homer, but like I, I, he's been at all these, he's been at every level of football. Like I, I'm pretty sure he was a high school coach before he got into, into college coaching, Alabama state, Missouri state, Southern Miss, North Carolina. I mean, he's been at all levels, seen all different types. He's inherited horrible lines and turned them into good. You know, it's been, he's a very process driven, no panic coach. Like that's the impression that you get, from him forever and a guy that guys like to play with. And it's like, we'll see sort of how much better they are in the field this year overall and, and what that'll do. But I really would think it's, it's important to note too. Like if they're, if we can start to see a couple of guys, even if, even if it's like Samac and Duplain start carrying themselves with a little more swagger, like I think that that's yeah. going to help a ton. And I think that'll be a really big point of emphasis for Kabilvit this year. Just like take any small wing you can find and just celebrate the hell out of it because they have a long way to go and, I think that's going to be really important to keep those guys kind of in the same, you know, safe headspace there, I guess, sort of sweet. They, and I, I will say, I think they showed some signs of life later in the season. Sure. Um, like the Northwestern game was pretty impressive. I thought that's kind of what they want that to look like where they can run the ball, you know, get like yeah. close to 200 yards. And even, and that's again, with the, without all the running backs they added this off season, um, you can do that with a guy like Connor Haver kind of leading your offense. I think mm-hmm. you'll be okay when you can kind of get some guys with maybe a little bit more pure vision at the position and can find those holes and help out those guys blocking up front. So it seems right. like it's coming along. Maybe, maybe this is the year. <laughs> maybe this is the year. We'll see. Maybe last, last one that I'll ask here, put it right out from PZ says, how wide is the gap between MSU ceiling and floor? with all the transfers seems like they could be really good or really bad. <laughs> I think that like he kind of nailed it because I don't know if I go really good, but like, that's an interesting question, right? Like it could be a disaster or maybe you're going to be really positively surprised. Maybe not a great season, but maybe, maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised by how this thing plays out. What say you here? In June? Yeah. If they go four and eight after they added like, you know, all these yeah. guys to at least raise the floor a little bit, that, that can lead to some issues. That would be a you, problem. Yeah. Then you have some guys that are already there. Like, well, why do we even add these guys not going to do anything like why is he playing over me that that can lead to some maybe chemistry locker room issues but I don't know like I was thinking about this I I wrote my state of the program on Michigan State earlier this week um and I was kind of thinking about the schedule and I had the whole final assessment section at the very end like what do I think of this team yeah right 
<laughs> and I'm like, I don't think they're, I don't think the ceiling and the floor that like, I think their ceiling is maybe seven and five, eight, like eight, seven and five is a good season to me. Like, I think so. I think um, <laughs> where you were. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I had them at six and six. I wouldn't be surprised anywhere between five and seven or seven and five. I think that's probably like, realistic i don't even see out too far outside of that gap though like i don't see eight and four you know nine and three i don't see that yet maybe next year um and i don't really see three and nine or, or four and eight could be wrong maybe someone's gonna play this like six months from now and yeah yeah i know <laughs> like right. when they do do that but uh i don't know i, th- I kind of see them in that five and seven to seven and five range and i think seven and five would kind of be a statement season for them just based on where they were last year yeah yeah you know saying that hey we've come along look how far we've come you could, they're going to use that in recruiting for sure if they get a big win i'm sure that'll be on mel tucker's yeah. uh, basketball court tv <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i met uh, you mentioned um your state of the program and there was and i think this com this theme or the the thought that you just sort of shared is uh, shared by most people in football like they have no idea what this team is going to be because I, I was reading yeah. through your thing I think some there was another coach in there that kind of said the same thing like at times they were horrible at times maybe not as bad as you'd think and yeah wasn't a lot of consistency it was just sort of like all over the place but it's also like I think people know that Mel Tucker's a really smart defensive coach they know that they have some guys up front and it's like hey well if a couple things click defensively like maybe this won't be too bad maybe this will be what you want it to be and then you can momentum yourself forward to year three and maybe this thing changes. I don't know, but that's where it's going to start and stop for me. I mean, I, that's where I'm at with it. Like the defense is going to have to carry the day. It's going to have to be really, really good. It's going to have to be above its head, but I don't think that's impossible. I think that's what I would say today. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're, they're definitely gonna need some things to, to go their way, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. We'll wrap up there this week before we ride out with gold. I do have some uh, new podcasting news from the athletic here. All of our Apple pod plus be sure to check that out on apple podcast apple pod plus uh we will be delivering some bonus content some early release content uh i believe it's a subscription based product we at the athletic are partnering with apple i believe you can subscribe for 99 cents a month to apple pod plus that'll get you a bunch of bonus content to all of your athletic podcasts plus early releases on episodes uh if you are a subscriber to the athletic all of these episodes will be on uh, the athletic app immediately anyway so don't worry about that um if you are not a subscriber to the athletic be sure to do that and then also check out apple pod plus and give us here at the beat a follow colton before we ride out of here um no more masks people can go out people can eat food and go to bars so let's get two or three really good restaurant uh, wrecks for the east lansing folks here because it's time to go back outside and do this stuff again yeah let's do it um let's do it so Let's let's go with. I feel like I've said L Oasis a lot in here, so you have. Uh, yeah, that's fine. That's it's a, good. That's right. so say it again. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, you know, Allison, you know, our yeah, Detroit right, yeah. yeah, she was she, she's bringing her kids on campus uh, for a Michigan State tour today. She's actually asking oh, me for perfect. a couple wrecks yeah. already. So I gave her a meet in L Oasis, my go-to spots. But I'll, oh yeah, you know, uh, Acapulco Mexican Grill in Lansing is also another place that I like a lot. Love it. Um, let's see. I think Smoky Bones might be a chain. I, I Whatever been, I've had Smoky Bones. That's good. Yeah, I like, I like it. it a lot. Yeah. I, 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 the first time I saw it was when I moved out to Michigan. So I like that place. And what's that taco truck? Remind people of the taco truck up there. Oh, that's Oasis. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah. That's what I was, was going to say. I thought we already said that. Yeah. Anyway, that's a good place. But all right, that's, like, that's enough for the people. Yeah. 
get to the peanut get to the peanut barrel folks i'm sure they're rock and rolling with those uh crunchies are they, are they, go to staples you know those are the good spots They've maybe if you're spot. really nice if you're really nice and if the bartenders are still there from back when i was uh hanging around you can say hey man we haven't been able to be in here for a year can i get three long island iced teas today there you go <laughs> who knows maybe those not. are so strong yeah, those are probably, so strong jesus that's Christ. probably a terrible idea don't do that don't say that <laughs> Colton and i did, told you that but in any event uh, appreciate Colton for joining this week. For Colton, I'm Nick. And for Brendan, who will be back soon. Tip those bartenders and servers and take care of each other. Up to the county, the place where I